0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Launch It Girl. You guys, I am so excited. I have a really really great and fun expert with us today. Not only is she amazing at what she does, and she's really just become a friend of mine and a mentor of mine. And I'm so excited for you to be here. Gina, Nicole, a spiritual mentor, and literally like the knower of all things. When we come together, we mastermind together weekly. I walk away with so many golden nuggets. The wisdom that you have to offer is just so, so good. I so deep, so good, but also always so practical. So Gina, why don't you say, Hey, and introduce yourself. That was such a lovely introduction. Likewise. Yeah. You have so many
1: golden nuggets. Thank you for having me. Yeah. My name's Gina Nicole and Gina, I go by Gina. My business name is Gina Nicole because of fun things like numerology and energetic medicine and things of that nature. But yeah, so I do a lot of fun things. I am a feng shui practitioner and that's really where my journey started. I'm a subtle energy medicine practitioner. I'm doing medical intuition right now, but I can promise you that it looks really normal. (laughs) It doesn't have to be cosmically out there and in the inner dimensions, but I absolutely love all things entrepreneurship Kinzela, what you're doing and what you're up to in the world. And I'm really stoked to be here. It's good.
0: So good. And this is what I love about Gina. We were just having a conversation before we hopped on. It's like really this balance of. The woo-woo versus, right, like the tactical, strategic, like whatever you want to call it and and bringing those together. I think both are important. Like you said, like it. (laughs) I love how you kind of bring it back down to normalcy, if you will, with us. So So good at that. All right. Let's dive in. Gina, I speaking of entrepreneurship, I have heard your story about how you got here and it's really fun and incredible. And so I would love for you to share your story. How did you get to where you are now? And what did those big pockets of time look like in that journey from where you used to be? So
1: I think, gosh, all of us start with like that pain story, right? Like, don't we all have like sort of that rock bottom moment? So it's, I always be mindful of that of like, I'm not trying to be like the biggest rock bottom moment, but definitely that's where it started for me. I had a rock bottom moment. I really never knew what I wanted to do. Like I was not afraid to try anything and just sort of, if something felt good, I did it. So right out of college, I worked on cruise ships, met the quote unquote man of my, well, I should say man of my year because we were married for a year. <laughs> um, And then throughout our marriage, like some, some health things came up, realized that having kids would probably not be a reality for me. There was some other things. So that marriage ended literally after one year. And I was in this sort of what you would refer to maybe as like the dark night of the soul Saturn return. If you're familiar with that term, but just a really, really rough point. My body was like screaming at me. I couldn't understand the whispers and the nudges And it was just so angry. Like my body was so angry, inflamed, mad, carrying extra weight. I had no energy. I ended up working in this really sort of like high powered job in the Silicon Valley, made really good money on commission. And my body like really was not liking me. It just, and it didn't matter what I did, nothing worked. And I tried everything. So acupuncture, you know, even in Western medicine, did the medicines, did the pills, did the x-rays, all the tests, couldn't find anything wrong with me. I did have PCOS. So I did, did was diagnosed with something, but like nothing else made sense. So my acupuncturist couldn't even really figure out what was wrong and push him to shove. To make a really long story short, I ended up doing this feng shui consult. And after I feng shui my very little mini apartment that I was living in, my healing finally started. And I was like, you know, there's something to this. Like there is really something to this. So I quit my job. I took like a really huge pay cut. I mean, and then that was a lot. I want to say that it was like a $90,000 pay cut to work for an acupuncture college just to get acupuncture and dive into all of the healing arts. And from there, just really started to push myself to follow fear. Eventually my body improved. I became a flight attendant because I was really afraid to fly. So I wanted to follow the fear. And then from there, this, you know, essence of who I really am started to sort of come forth. And that's how it all unfolded. Like my body was screaming. I listened, which is now a huge part of what I do and how I help people. And then everything sort of blossomed and I've never looked back.
0: So good. I was just taking notes. There's so many moments there that I think we should unpack a little bit. And I think it starts with this idea of my body wasn't liking me. And I think so often we don't pay attention enough to what's happening to us internally to give us direction or guidance on what we should or shouldn't be doing. And I would love for you to explain what that looked like or felt like when you say my body wasn't liking me, like how did that manifest itself?
1: So in that moment, I can think back to like a very specific moment where I can even like see what I was wearing. I mean, my body literally would not function. Like I had to go to the hospital because I was so literally, sorry, this is totally totally TMI, but backed up that nothing was working. Like I was so not in flow. Like I said, I was carrying a little bit of extra weight that just wouldn't come off no matter what I was doing. I was inflamed. I was experiencing, you know, like edema that was just not normal for me. I was getting these headaches. I had no energy, just no energy at all. I was depressed and anxious. I was moody for no reason. Like I would cry. I mean, I remember just crying for like two hours straight one night and my ex-husband being like, I don't even know what to do with you anymore. Like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like I couldn't tell you. So there was no, I couldn't put my finger on it. There was no actual, you know, like there wasn't a broken leg. (laughs) My body was just like trying to get my intention of like, this is not who you are. This is not what we came to do. So stop. And I just wouldn't listen. I didn't know any better. I mean, I grew up, totally Catholic, which is wonderful. I still practice a lot of those rituals and it it was beautiful. I had a really great childhood. I have nothing to complain about there, but I wasn't ever open. I wasn't ever exposed to anything beyond, you know, the physical.
0: Oh, so good. And so you started to understand or see that the reason why you were feeling this way was more around like the way that you were living your life, like how you were spending your time. Right. And, and like, how did you finally make that connection?
1: I would say, oh my gosh, there was so many aha moments. I mean, I feel like this happens to us all the time. And then, you know, whether it's like this button to launch this thing isn't working, or it's like, literally, I can't open my eye. Like it, it happens like on so many large scales and small scales in this moment where I go back to is actually connecting with the very first teacher slash feng shui practitioner That I connected to and I remember speaking with her and she told she was like, you know, if it's not flowing in your external world, it's because something's not flowing internally. It was this whole sort of journey into embodiment, if you will, like really understanding, well, what does that even look like? Because I I didn't even know that things weren't flowing internally. Like, how do I even know? I was so disconnected from my body. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That was probably the aha that I'm thinking of in this moment is like when She was explaining that to me. And then from there we went into actually went into my home, like went into my physical home. And it it
0: was just like, aha, after aha. So good. Oh, I love what you said there. It's like, if it's not flowing outside, then it means it's not flowing inside and the disconnect. Like there was just that sense of disconnection when it, which I think probably for all of us feels and looks slightly different, but if we can really tune into how, what our body is telling us, we can learn so much. So next steps were really recreating the space in your apartment via feng shui. Can you give us a little bit more information on what feng shui is and what that looks like for those of our listeners that don't know?
1: Yeah. So feng shui really it translates literally to wind water. And after it worked for me, I dove in and studied under Professor Edgar Sung, you know, he's first generation feng shui master under Professor Lin Yun, who started BTB Feng Shui here. So I studied under him for a really long time before I was ever able to even see like one person. Like he kept trying, you know, like, come on, Gina, you gotta, you gotta do it. But essentially all that it means is just like the wind moves the water in our environment, it's the same thing like within our home and around our spaces. So if we're you know, having all sorts of clutter around us or you open the door and there's like, you know, something that's really like depressing that you're looking at every day or you're opening your eyes every morning and your bedroom looks onto this like, single lady, a picture of a single woman, and you're trying to like manifest your dream husband, right? So it's the idea that just similar to like how we think of vision boards or anything else, feng shui is kind of making your home one big vision board, but it's one part of the puzzle. Like it's one part of a three-part pie is how I would really describe it. So I work off a system, if you will, that's really mind, body, spirit, home. And you might be thinking, well, wait a minute, that's four parts, but it's earth, which is our body and our home and then mind. And then, you know, our connection With spirit, and a lot of us, especially when we're entrepreneurs, we'll focus on maybe two, maybe three, right? But very rarely do we focus on all four. And you don't even have to call it feng shui; you could just, you know, like we all love Marie Kondo, we love decluttering. We know what it feels like to be in a really decluttered, beautiful space. But yeah, that's what I really understood early on was that it it had to be all four of these areas, three slash four, because body and home are considered both earth principles. They, we need to pay attention to all of them, and I—I I surely wasn't. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And I, I love this and I would love to jump out on this a little bit more because as you know, I've had my own sort of breakthrough the last three months, just feeling really out of alignment with myself and like coming against so much resistance in my life and my business. And it was sort of this misalignment at the surface. It felt like, or it seemed like I was checking all the boxes as I took a step back and kind of started to go deeper. It was like all these extra layers of, Oh my gosh, like, I'm not really caring for myself in the way that I need to and making sure that these elements are being poured into or even acknowledged. As far as the home and body, what would you say are some key elements that we should be focusing on in order, especially as entrepreneurs, right? In order to increase clarity or productivity, right? If we have the more tangible things, but also to make sure that we're staying in alignment with ourselves. What if even we talked about these three elements and breaking these out as far as like, what should we kind of take a pulse on and make sure we're kind of covering the grounds there?
1: Well, first, it's such a great question. And I think it could be so beneficial if we really listen to ourselves. The first thing I would say is like really pay attention to what's on, repeat? Like, what do we keep telling ourselves? So I know, for example, for me, I used to have this thing that I would always say, we're like, oh, this does my head in, this does my head in. I mean, literally for time, that's going to do your head in. And sure enough, I mean, I did, I suffered from like headaches and weird things that I didn't, you know? And when you think about that, it's like, wow. Or if you're always saying like, you know, I'm confused on this, right? Well, then we're affirming that and you're affirming probably more head stuff, right? Or like knowing when something doesn't feel good in your gut. And there's so many layers to this because we all process information, whether you want to call that intuition or whatever you want to call it. We all process it really different. Like some of us are feelers, some of us are knowers you know, we we process different. So I think it's important to understand first and foremost, like how we process and then how we're talking to ourselves and then really listening to your body and what your body is saying. I think it's way too popular and on trend these days for entrepreneurs to push. And it's almost like, I mean, I I can hear sometimes people brag about not sleeping and I don't need sleep and I don't, and I'm like, what? And don't get me wrong. Like I have those moments where I'm super inspired and I'll be up at 4am writing or And I think that those moments are very beautiful. But if I'm up like every day at 3am, you know, I really need to start listening to my body and what, what is that about and what's happening. So I think it's important to really listen to our bodies and listen to the message that you're giving yourself and that that's on repeat so that we can understand, you know, what exactly is happening. A lot of times with, you know, clients that I have that are entrepreneurs, there's a push. I'll see things like constipation show up, you know, I mean, with even like your fl- like being out of flow, not being able to have a normal ritual, if you will, for lack of a more gentler <laughs> term. Yeah. Because we have this like push mentality, right? So it's like anything that's happening within your body will tell you exactly what is happening in your external, whether that be your business or your marriage or, you know, cause it's all one.
0: my gosh, so good. I feel like we could jam out on that forever. And I've been hot on this topic for a little bit now, just because again, the the recent experience that I've had, you know, we all know better, but yet sometimes we end up in those spaces where we're like, how did I get here? Right. Things are out of alignment, but it's an opportunity to take a look, take a pause, right. Take a step back and think about, okay, like, where am I missing the mark? And normally, like you are saying, people will look outside of themselves, right? Or even this idea of, well, I'm not getting the results I want. So I need to work harder or pull all nighters or work up, like wake up earlier. Right. And it's the push. I always like to imagine like the white knuckle, like white knuckling their way through business because all they see is the external thing that they're not getting yet. And so they're trying to overcompensate, which then impacts Mind, body, spirit. So I love that you talk about that, even the physical manifestation of what that might look like. Give us some ideas as far as spirit goes. And how we should allow ourselves to really open up in order to cover that ground, if you will.
1: This is probably like my favorite topic and there's so many ways, but for a really practical tool that I think you know we don't do enough of is simply breathe. And you, you know, it's like, well, yeah, I breathe every day. But I'm talking about rave. I mean, you know, hand on your tummy and breathe into the tummy and really practice working up to like, you know, I always start with like a four count breath. I do usually like four counts in, pause, four counts, four counts out, pause, four counts, and like maybe work up to eight counts, right? But like really bringing the breath into the tummy. You don't know how often I start working with people and they breathe into their heart. They breathe into their chest. They don't know how to make their tummy rise and breath. You know, that's a language. That's how we connect. That's the connection of spirit. It's where it happens. And so to breathe, to practice breath work into the tummy and not the chest, when we breathe into the chest, we activate fight, flight, freeze. So it keeps us in that fight, flight, freeze mode, breathing into the tummy really activates our connection with source and ourself. So that's one that's really easy. And oh my gosh, I have so many others that I'm like, where would I even want to start? But another one that's coming to mind is to journal. I think writing every day. And I like to set my, if that calls to you, of course, but I like to set my timer in the morning, and I just have a jump-off prompt that you know I'll, I'll do a little meditation before breath work, and I do do something called energy codes. That's by Dr. Sue Morter, and I really love her practice. I be, became certified in it because I love it so much. And then after that, I'll do a little jump-off prompt. It's basically what I want you to know is there's this idea with energy medicine that a lot of information comes through the back of your neck. So if you really follow that pathway comes through the back of your neck and then lands on your hands. So you can, you know, write what you're really trying to get out. Having said that also pay attention to the back of your neck. I always have people look for that. If the back of your neck, your shoulders, your neck is tight. That is a huge, almost I'll say red flag. If you constantly experience that because it's where information comes in, it's where a lot of our vulnerabilities can be. So you, and we, how often do we push through that, right? Like, We can chalk it up to just being at our desk and being stiff, but that's a really vulnerable area. So that's a beautiful one. And I would also say, honestly, appreciation, gratitude. I know that one's kind of done a lot, but just this morning I am doing a experience right now. And just this morning I went and spread a whole bunch of like little surprise love notes all around my little town that I'm in and just put like for you and left little surprises in some of them. And, you know, so it's like really doing things in appreciation and gratitude for others, I think is a really good way. And then you have your traditional ways of prayer and of course, traditional meditation and things like that. Creation is a good way to connect with source, you know, with spirit. But I think it's just, we have to do it you know, mm-hmm. affirmations, just doing it.
0: And I think most people are going to hear these things and be like, Oh, right. Like I have heard that before. Right. It's all the things we hear, but I think again, the most overlooked because it's not as sexy, you know, it's that like, but if I go and, you know, create this Facebook ad or post this thing on social media, right. It's like instant gratification. Whereas these are just continued habits that it's create that foundation, right? To continue to build upon. And I can't stress enough how important these things are in our daily routine to really keep ourselves whole and aligned. So good. What about the mind? What do we need to be doing or thinking of as far as like really keeping our mind on point with where we are, like as far as like wholeness and alignment, so, you know, there's again, like, there's so many things we could do for all
1: these areas. But what's coming to me in this moment, for one, is to have, like, remember that we all have an observer. We have, like, our, you know, what I would refer to as, like, the higher self or the self sort of outside of us, if you will, that knows why we came here and who we came to be. And I always, you know, I always say, if we can think it, feel it, know it, if we can dream of it and and imagine it up, it's because it's already a part of us. So there's that part of us that is sort of sending that, that, that message. And then we have the ego mind, which I'll often call the itty bitty S committee. Um, Mm. And it's going into the observer where you can just sort of watch. And another big part of this for mind, I think is to is cyclical living is to align you know, really align with if you are a woman who has her cycle, to align with your natural cycle. And if you don't have a cycle, the easy way to do that is the moon because it will really it'll guide us to what to focus on. I mean, it really does. It guides it's a it's a whole it's nature's blueprint.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I would love for you to expand on that a little bit. I know we've probably some of us have heard this idea of like when we're most productive or when our mind is more clear, or when we're going to be, I know for me, I know when I'm in the deeper parts of my cycle, because that's when I have more of the bad thoughts surface, like the insecurities. So I can always spot those, but tell us a little bit more about if we were to align this natural alignment, if you will, in business to our cycle, like, and what that looks like.
1: So when our bodies are in a new moon, I hate to say this because I don't want you to, you know, those listening think, well, my body, I don't have a period. If you, you know, cycle, I don't menstruate on a new moon that it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's information too. But let's say, you know, during a new moon or during your cycle, what we really want to be focusing on is like new intentions. We want to be focusing on healing and restoration and taking a pause, right? I mean, how often when you get your cycle, are you like, let's go into a launch, like, (laughs) You can plan around it. And again, if you don't have your cycle, it's nature's blueprint. Just look to nature and plan around, you know, a new moon. And then we go into like the waxing moon and the waxing moon is really about building. So you want to plan, you prepare, you maybe start new projects. But again, the energy is going to be a little bit more calm. You know, it's going to be a little bit quieter. And then as you reach the full moon, you're going to gain momentum. It's going to be a little louder you know, it's going to be a little more active. So at a full moon, it's putting yourself out there. It's maybe, you know, doing that Facebook live that you've never done before, or doing something new and creative. It's a time for illumination, for letting people see your glow, right? This is the time to really, really focus your mind on like one thing. And then as you go back in a waning, I always say to remember this, wax on, wane off. So it's like you're waxing on to prepare and then you wane off. And then as you begin to wane towards a new moon, then we start to wind down, you start to tie up loose ends, you let your mind sort of slow down, right? So it's it's really easy to do if you can just pay attention. It makes sense. But I think so often I see people pushing, right? Like it's a new, and there's times like actually this last one that I, I did a launch in a new moon, and that was really. On purpose because I, a part of the launch is setting new intentions. So mm. I knew that it was going to be more gentle as long as you're aligned and you know, sort of where your energy's at, it can really help your mind. It's mm-hmm. when we try to push against it and push against the mind's natural cycle and what to focus on that we could really get wrapped up. So I love cyclical living to address the mind and the mental pain. <sighs>
0: So good. I love that. I think I often talk about this idea of like our higher octane seasons of life and business and then the lower octane seasons. And, and I think this can look across the span of even a year, months, whatever that looks like. I can even spot phases last year where it was like kind of this upward trend of just, I was, you know, high energy super, super focused. And then, you know, when I started to come down into the lower energy, where I was like resting, recovering, reflecting. And I think this is, but in the most tangible way, it's like every month we're kind of going in this cycle of high octane, low octane. And instead of like pushing through it, like you said, like white knuckling your way through it without even paying attention to your body and your mind, it can cause resistance, and we're not honoring the cycle of our body. And I think what resists persists, right? And so it's like if I just slow down, right? When my body's telling me to slow down, imagine what more we can bring to ourselves, to our businesses, to our lives, to our home, if we just honor that natural cycle. So powerful. Yeah.
1: It's so true. And it does, I mean, that does affect sort of all of it. It affects the home and our connection with spirit, but what it does for someone's mind, it really gives you permission because there's this sort of like stigma around, you know, how we need to be. And you see other people and you see these like really structured and, you know, and it's like, no, it can be way more dynamic and flexible and easeful if we just listen and like let our mind flow with what's naturally there.
0: Oh my gosh. So good. Okay. Before we wrap up, I would love to know, like, if you could give us a couple really fun tips for home in the feng shui sense, if there's anything that we should consider like in our offices or even in our homes in general, that would kind of give us this like new boost or new wave of energy. What does that look like?
1: Okay. You mentioned office and I'm going to say the, probably the most important thing for an office is that you're facing your door, but not in line with your door. So that's called the power position in feng shui. Um, It's really helpful to have some sort of like bookcase or, you know, solid piece behind you that can be really supportive. But the most important is definitely that, you know, facing the door. Also, if you can keep your surfaces 50% clear, I know that's a really tough one, but more opportunity. I'm not a fan of clear desks. So if you have like, I know it's like a thing like that acrylic furniture is really in, but it could be difficult, especially if you're lacking focus, you know, and I don't think that it has to be perfect. I mean, I love a clutter-free environment, but it doesn't have to be perfect, but yeah, 50% clear and another remedy that I actually love and it really does work is, so in Feng Shui, we work with elements, which is kind of, you know, we don't have to go go all into that. But my husband actually came up with this remedy for our career sector. And when I say career sector, there's a map in Feng Shui called the Bagua map. And it's basically like a tic-tac-toe grid. So you place the tic-tac-toe grid over the layout of your home. And then the bottom middle square is career. So I love this one for entrepreneurs. You put like some sort of water feature, maybe a picture of water. Or in our case, we had this little fountain and it's motorized. So it goes around and the bells ding and sound is also water. So he used to say, when the bells aren't dinging, my phone's not ringing. And it was so true. It was so true. And there is this like mind shift that happens when you put water in your career sector. You could also do it in wealth, which is back left corner of the tic-tac-toe grid. But when you place it there with the intention, because it is all about like, who do we have to be now? It, something shifts in the mind, something shifts in the home, the feeling shifts in your body, spirit knows what you're doing. So it really, it's fun to do and it activates sort of all of the planes, but it is really true. It was so fun to watch him do it. He's not all about this, but he is like
0: adamant about that fountain. It's so funny and so cool. I've never heard this. This is amazing. And I think it, again, I think for people that are just now hearing this idea of feng shui and how to change the environment in your home to change the energy, change your life. I mean, it's just simply like, how do you feel when you walk into a clean home versus walking into a messy home? I mean, it's that simple but then taking that deeper and purposely placing things in your home to change the energy, which then changes the way that you're showing up in your home. I mean, I think about when our house gets cleaned every week from our housekeeper, like just the family dynamic that night is so different. It's like, we're peaceful. <laughs> so I, I love this and I'm definitely gonna try this. I think it's just the little shifts, right? And I think this entire conversation is really representative of the little shifts we can make in our life, in our business that make the most impact, right? And again, it's the things, they are almost too simple that they get overlooked, so true. And it's the simple things that we can, it's so easy to not do. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh, girl. This was so good, Gina. I love this. I took so many notes and I even meet with you every week. So I love the, all the bombs that you dropped here. Where can people find you and connect with you?
1: So my website is Gina And that also leads to like the you know, my little school, which is school.ginanicole.net. And then I'm on Instagram at Gina underscore Nicole underscore B. And then I have a Facebook group that I do a lot of fun freebies. It's called the frequency key. And yeah, I just do a ton of fun freebies. We do feng shui Fridays and I'm always
0: having discussions and we're brainstorming. So those are my, yeah, those are my spots. So good. Thank you so much for pouring into us today and giving your time. I just loved having you here. Thank you for having me. If you
1: liked what you heard today and want to continue the conversation, join us in the Facebook community. Just go to launchitgirlpodcast.com. Can't wait to see you in there.